This morning, I'll give instructions on mindfulness of emotions. And can you hear me all right? Okay. So, mindfulness of emotions. When I went to Burma to practice, and that's where I was really introduced to this practice we're doing here, I was handed a cassette tape when I arrived and a cassette recorder and was told to go to my room and listen to the 45-minute recording of all the instructions I would need for my eight months in Burma. (laughs) And the summary of those 45 minutes was, be mindful of everything. (laughs) So we could have done that the first evening, but what we've learned to do here in the English-speaking kind of Vipassana insight world is to have the instructions unfold gradually over a course of a retreat. Partly so we can get stabilized in the beginning because we come a little bit maybe restless, busy mind, and, and so calm down a bit. And to do uh, and learn the mindfulness first was something that's relatively simple and basic which maybe can be the breathing. It might not be so simple and basic for some of us, but it might be more basic and simple than starting with our emotions. And so we, we get kind of a, introduced to it with the breathing. Then often we begin, we follow next with mindfulness of the body And that serves as a very good basis for being ready to hear instructions about emotions. Because it turns out that being able to be centered on your breathing to some degree uh, and have the breathing be a protection a little bit from being lost in your thoughts, spin off in your thoughts to some degree, and being able to identify your emotions in your body where the body helps support and hold the emotions without so easily getting tripped up or involved in thinking about the emotions or the stories that are generating the emotions. So somewhere around this point in the retreat, it's fairly common then to introduce mindfulness of emotions. And that's what I'll do. Long before this modern miracle of telecommunication with these amazing capacities we have of communicating across the globe in an instant of sensing you know some of us have these smart watches now that can sense our biometrics who needs to be mindful anymore <laughs> Our devices, our cars do it for us now. Smart cars that will tell us if we're drifting over the, out of the lane or that there's a car coming up from behind. I mean, mindfulness is just like no longer needed. It's obsolete, obsolete right? It's very quickly, you always do is just push the button and, and follow directions. 
amazing what the world we live in. However, long before all this, we evolved to have a very finely attuned communication system in our body. Very highly attuned antennas, sense apparatus, that's here to communicate a tremendous amount of information to us about what's going on. And the amount of information that's available through us, through our sense apparatus, is much greater than most people avail themselves of. We're kind of often just uh, kind of riding the surface of it, and to the degree to which we're now relying on technology to do it for us, we're kind of atrophying certain capacities we have. So one, for example, that uh, uh, is a really important, necessary part of life, is to feel pain. No one wants to feel pain, generally. But without that capacity to feel pain, there are a few people who don't have pain sensors in their nerves, and they have really hard lives. They don't know when they've cut themselves, they don't know when they've injured themselves, and they go along and just kind of like, you know, keep doing it. Um, We need to have those pain sensors as a way of getting the information to take care of ourselves, to know how to adjust and change and fix things. It's important. We also have an amazing capacity to sense and feel our inner life, our inner emotional life, our moods, our attitudes. And this is also a very important part of life, those are providing a tremendous amount of information about the environment externally and the environment internally. And uh, I would rather learn to do it for myself than rely on Apple computers to have figured out the algorithm that will tell me, oh, Gil, you're being impatient. (laughs) Thank you, Apple. I didn't know. <laughs> we have, and so we have this amazing capacity to feel and sense. And I'll say a few things about mindfulness of emotions that can maybe very quickly start feeling complicated, all the things, instructions. So be patient. <laughs> but I want to start first by saying the most important aspect of this mindfulness practice if you're going to remember anything at all, and do anything at all, is simply to know what's happening as it's happening. And as we know what's happening as it's happening, we are learning how to know. We're learning how we know. Because sometimes knowing gets uh, driven by our desires, driven by our our aversions. We're knowing in order to get what we want. We're knowing to push away what we don't like. And, And the knowing is not simple. It's been complicated by our motivations, our desires, our our even our emotions. So we start learning how do we know simply? How can we know? So in the knowing, we're actually 
making room for what we know. So that knowing doesn't have an agenda, trying to accomplish something, do something. Just to know, and I like to think of it as uh, knowing that creates lots of time. We're making time for what we're going to know. We're making space for what we're going to know. And that is kind, that's synonymous to knowing with freedom. If we know with desire and greed and wanting and, or aversion and hatred or desperation, or if we know with fear and anxiety, that's okay. I mean, that's life. But it's not a life with its, that's not knowing which is free. We're setting awareness free when we become liberated in this practice here. Very bad news for you that I have is that you will never be liberated. That's not possible. What will happen is you will set your awareness free. And when your awareness becomes free, you've offered the world freedom. Freedom from what? From you. (laughs) (laughs) So we're exploring this thing about knowing. What is the quality characteristics of how you know? How much extra comes along in the knowing? How free can your knowing be? And the two characteristics of freedom I'd like to offer right now is you know with a lot of time. Like you have all the time in the world to know. Not all the time in the world to space out, but just to know in a simple way, just like this. And, and, you're, and you're making, kind of like you're making room for your experience. You're not riding it closed, you're not claustrophobic, you're not pressuring anything to happen, you're not pulling away, just here. Now, so I've made it more complicated now, right? I warned you. But it starts with this very simple thing, just to know. If you want to make it complicated in a different way, you can know and feel. You can know, feel, and relax. So we can apply all this to our emotional lives. Our emotions are an important thing, part of our life, to know. I would like to propose that the, one of the primary functions of emotions is to let us know something It's important. They're like knocking on the door of our capacity to know. It's like, hey, knock, knock, knock. <laughs> There's something here for you to know. They're, they're not accidents, they're not incidental, they're not annoyances, they're not unfortunate. They're actually a very important form in which your inner life is, is presenting itself to you, saying, hey you, pay attention here. This is important. You were designed to be attuned and sense and feel and learn and recognize what's going on with this whole very refined 
psychosomatic system that we have that responds and reacts to the world and to our inner life and what happens, providing information. Anger is a messenger. Fear is a messenger. Greed is a messenger. Hatred is a messenger. Impatience is a messenger. All these are messages. Don't try to analyze it. Don't try to kind of get in your head to, to figure it all out. But do stop and know it. So when an emotion becomes compelling, emotion is knocking on the door. It's not knocking, it's just outside kind of doing its, minding its own business. You don't have to go looking for it. But if it's coming on the door and really knocking, and so it's hard to be with your breathing and really wants attention, you can, you can know that. Allow yourself to know what is this experience? And then discover for yourself how you know. Are you knowing through your thinking? For you, is knowing and thinking the same thing? Mindfulness is thoughtfulness. And that has a role, but it can easily lead to stories and analysis and judgments and opinions and history of ideas and memories. So if there are thoughts involved around knowing and emotion, ideally it's radically simple. Anger. Oh, this is anger. This is sadness. The river of sadness. This is fear. And maybe even say it that simply. This is fear. And then listen carefully. How did I say that? It sounded more like, ooh, this is fear. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, the inner voice, the way we talk to ourselves, carries some of these messages. Or say that you're feeling some delight in your meditation. And you, you, how how am I knowing this delight? Let's listen to how I say, this is delight. Oh, this is delight. So you can hear and how you're knowing it with your thoughts by the tone of the voice or the quality of the images or the way it is that you're involved. You're not just very simple. Oh, it's just fear. It's just delight. And it's a radical thing to be that simple. It's not being dismissive. It's not denying yourself. It's actually what's creating the space for the, the gestational generation of something deeper to happen. It's the involvement, the claustrophobic involvement the, with the emotions that doesn't make the room for something deeper to arise. So know it, anger, sadness, joy, 
and learn how you're knowing it. But because of this strong tendency to go in thoughts, and because our body is part of this very refined system, feel your emotions too. Know it and then feel it. Where do they live in your body? What has been energized in your body when you have an emotion? Spend time with it. Make room for it. And our physical body is not just a bunch, a lump of, lump of flesh. It's a very intelligent system. It's designed to do a phenomenal amount of hormones and electrical signals and chemicals and muscular. And, I mean, we just, ha- we just know the tip of the iceberg, what these bodies are doing. When we feel the body, make room to feel it, it's almost like you're making room for the body to do this processing that it does. The body will process your emotions. Compost your emotions in your body. Feel your body. Make room for it. And that making room, making time to know it and feel it creates the optimal conditions for the body to do what it needs to do. And one of the things you might learn by this deeper sensitivity in the body is that emotions are always processes. They're always moving and changing and morphing that they can't do if we are locked into our reactivity, if we're locked into our beliefs and story-making and ideas. We kind of then hold it in place. But if we can find this liberated way to know, just know, then this inner process can begin to unfold. And finally, I'll say there's two ways in which it can unfold. If the emotion is part of our reactivity, the surface survival kind of life, it tends to calm down and relax. If the emotions come out of this gestational emergence, the generative, generative force of this deeper place inside, it tends to spread and sometimes grow and become stronger and fill us. And so one of the reasons to kind of be in your body, to feel the emotions, is to allow that process to unfold. That which is unhealthy begins to heal and relax. That which is healthy begins to suffuse us and spread through us. It's remarkable that we have the system that allows for this, these two different kind of ways. You don't have to do much except to know and feel, make room for, make time for all this. So if during the sitting you happen to have an emotion, maybe you'll explore this. So I'll do a little bit of this instruction now as a form of guided meditation and then I'll leave you to in silence to practice with it. Is the volume still okay?